Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself. And I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Hello, Kimberly. How are you? Hello, Erin. I'm doing pretty good. It's been two weeks since I lost my baby boy. Yeah. I have ups and downs. Mostly it's ups because I still, I, I, although I wish you were still here, I wish he had been like a 15 year old and, you know, I'm, but I'm just being greedy. I think that, you know, he's my success story. You know, he's my evidence that, you know, fresh food works. And so I can't, you know, I can't be sad about that. So, you know, but it's, it's weird having three dogs. I mean, I mean, everything is just so easy with three dogs. Um, I don't know if I said this on the last episode, but someone asked me if I planned on getting a a fourth dog and um, again, and I don't think I ever will again. I think three dogs, I can focus on them a lot easier. Like earlier today, I was outside with, um, Zoe playing with her because, you know, the Jolly Pet Ball is pretty awesome (laughs) and she loves it. Um, So I was playing with her and, you know, yesterday I took Bella on a solo walk uh, because I'm trying to, I want to build her confidence. She's so used to going with the other dogs, but I wanted her to be able to be okay with going on her own. And she did. She went, jumped in the car and we went, we had a great walk and she was so funny and cute. She wasn't really a fan of the dog park. We went inside and she's just sort of like, these dogs are just too excitable to me. But, you know, all the humans love her because, you know, she's so pretty. <laughs> but otherwise, it was just, you know, it's just different. How are you? Oh, okay. We've had quite an interesting week. Tim came home from work last Thursday and he went to take Nino out for a walk. And when he went to come back outside, there was a female pit bull in our yard. <laughs> of course there was. And he uh, put Nino back inside and came up to her with the leash. And she was very friendly and wiggly. And he walked around for a while and was like, does anybody recognize this dog? She had a collar on, but no tags or anything on it. And then he called me after his walk around and was panicking because he didn't know what else to do. And I actually, from my volunteer work, I actually have a microchip scanner at our house. And I was like, well, I'll scan her as soon as I get home, which I did. And she did have a chip that she came from a local shelter and all the inform that people had their information set to private. So I could only see like their first name and last initial. But it made me feel better that it was actually somebody's dog that got loose and not like somebody, you know, dumped her somewhere or whatever. So she's very friendly. And we were kind of like, if she's not anybody's dog, she might be our dog. (laughs) (laughs) But she did end up, um, her mom was driving around frantically yelling and asking everybody if she saw a brown dog. And I guess 
Tim probably had her for about two hours total. And it turns out they had a young son and he hadn't latched the gate. And then there had been some miscommunication about the dog in the yard and they were leaving and things. So uh, her name was Lizzie. And when her mom came in the yard, she yelled her name and Lizzie just went tearing across the yard like, there's my mom. And <laughs> it was very adorable. <laughs> that is the best. Oh, I love those stories. But we were so interested because Nino was so cool about it. Oh. And we never let them together. He was in the house the whole time and she was outside the whole time. But he wasn't freaking out or, you know, going nuts. And usually if any dog walks by the house, he's going nuts. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, oh, that's really interesting. Like that he was so, so cool about it. Nice. So, of course, obviously, this has been a decision that Tim and I have been talking about a lot, about bringing in a new dog. So we actually decided to do an animal communicator session. And so we actually worked with somebody who I had not worked with before. And that was really interesting because she told us something that a previous communicator had also told us right after we left, right after Penny left us which was that Nino would like a younger dog that's smaller than he is. And that was something that had previously we had heard. And then she said that it's okay if she's a little bossy, <laughs> which was Penny and his dynamic. Sometimes Penny would give him the business if, if he needed it. And, um, uh, she said he wasn't sure if he was quite ready yet, but maybe some, you know, but soon. Mm -hmm. And that was, so that was just really interesting. And then when we were talking about losing Penny, he said that Penny was perfect. And I just like burst into tears because she really <laughs> was. <laughs> and that's the way it is. All dogs are. And just, and their whole relationship was just so good. And it just sort of, made Tim and I feel better that that's what we had been thinking, that he needed a dog that's like very confident on her own mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, won't like challenge, but also won't like resource guard and challenge him for things. Yeah. But So that was just really, really interesting. Oh, that's so nice. That's so, that's good news. So she had some other interesting things to say about Nino that we hadn't heard before that we're going to try with him. Um, obviously I've shared, he's kind of a really shy and fearful guy. He gets very stressed in the car and she said that he really likes details and specifics so that he knows what to expect. Mm -hmm. So he wants to know how long we're going to be in the car, where we're going, what is the itinerary? How long are we going to be in each place? When are we coming home? Like he wants to know all of these things and that, it's a an emotional upsetting of him that then kind of makes him feel not good because we've always wondered, does he get car sick? And she was kind of like, no, he doesn't get car sick. He's just so anxious that he makes himself feel bad, you know, mm -hmm. that it's not like the car sick first. It's the emotional first. And just that he's always concerned that he's going to be left somewhere. And even though he knows we love him, like that, that's just this deep seated fear in him yeah. that he gets so upset. So anyway, that was just really interesting. So we're going to try being more detail and clear with him about things in the future moving forward. You know, you telling me that reminded me of something that I haven't thought of in years. When Rodrigo and Sydney were about, I, I would say they're about 
a year and a half to two years old. It was before we got a third dog. We were still two dogs. Johan and I went on a trip with them. And even though we had we had the back down and we were all comfortable for them, we had our luggage in the very back. We're in an SUV. Sydney was very like wigged out. And so she rode, and this is like so unsafe, but she rode in, um, well, actually it was going to be my lap, but I think I ended up driving and she rode in Johan's lap and she was not a little girl anymore. She was a full grown dog and she rode, she curled herself up into his lap and just laid there the for like a two hour drive. And it was so sweet. But um, I have a picture of her, like he was in the house and he was just looking at a, a book of photography, landscape photography. And she was just sitting right next to him, kind of in his lap. And the picture is, is every time he would turn the page, she would look at the pages too, along <laughs> with him. It was so cool. And I just, dogs are just, um, they'll always be just absolutely fascinating to me. I just, I just think they're so cool. So yay, that's great news. I think I had mentioned that we had done this uh, thing with Nino called the emotion code mm -hmm. and it works kind of like with the pendulum and she would ask different things. So I'll put a link in the show notes to anybody who wants to check out the woman we work with. She will do some like free introductory sessions. So, you know, that you kind of know what it is and what you're getting into and what it works for and doesn't work for. And we learned some interesting information about like Nino's early life. Obviously we have no way to prove it, but it also matches up with what we see in his behavior. So that's what made me really feel like there was something here and this is worth exploring. And if somebody's dealing with a dog that's very like fearful and traumatized, this might be a tool to help. And mm -hmm. she had a lot of really helpful information and, and people that she could refer us to. In fact, that's how we got connected with this communicator that we worked with. So anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes if people want to learn more about that, because I, I thought it was really cool. It was worth doing. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, so Dr. Josie Bug shared something on social media yesterday. And I don't know if it was yesterday. I just saw it yesterday. And it was a screen capture from the Animal Biome website. Yes. Their partners. And I, you know, it's funny because, you know, you have a knee-jerk reaction when you see like Hill Science Diet and Royal Canaan and the other partners that were listed. And it's easy to be like, oh, they've turned on us. You know, it's just sort of like if all of a sudden, you know, Green Juju or, you know, what Viva Raw or, you know, any of these brands, you know, and, uh, Solutions Pet Food, if all of a sudden we found out that they also work with Purina, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, the horror. And I thought it was interesting because I thought about it and was like, you know, after... 10 plus years of feeding raw and just learning all that I have about, you know, the pet food industry and watching documentaries like Pet Fooled and following the people, you know, that we have followed over the years that have been teaching us about what goes on as far as in the pet food industry, the traditional veterinarian community, uh, what we experienced over the past few years with the pharmaceutical industry. It's so easy to think the worst. And I will admit, I it's not that I don't trust Animal Biome. I just don't trust those companies based on what I've seen. And my biggest, you know, reaction 
was seeing Hill Science Diet, which I see as the company that has these massive recalls after hundreds of dogs have died or hundreds of pets have died. And that's something that could have been prevented if they tested their food, you know, and I'm referring to like the vitamin D recall. Right. And I, and I get it. Accidents happen. I have no idea what it's like to, to run a pet food company, but it's still just to think of that, that I had trusted a brand, you know, maybe even a brand that my veterinarian recommended and my dog, I lose my dog because I fed that food. I mean, just the guilt that I would experience and feel over that. So I'm kind of just like looking at them with a side eye. And, but when I started thinking about it, you know, and I, I have no idea why they partner with these companies. I know one of them is a minority investor. The other one is just partnering. But if it is financially motivated, like if these are like they're coming up with some of the money or all of the money to help with funding studies and, and testing, where else are they going to get the money? I mean, granted, I'm sure that there are venture capitalists and all that cater to all industries. But when you really look at the fresh food community, and I recently, I haven't read the entire article, but I sort of skimmed an article about, you know, that the fresh food community is growing, um, where more and more people are interested in feeding healthier food. And so they're going towards the freeze dry, the dehydrated, and in some cases, the cooked and the raw. But although it's growing rapidly and they say it's the fastest growing segment of the pet food industry, financially, it's still way far behind the kibble companies. So right. they're not going to get massive funding from raw food brands or freeze dry brands, et cetera. Yeah. The raw food brands don't have that kind of money to yeah. invest in other companies. Yeah. I mean, most of the studies that I look at to kind of prove my point on things are human studies. And, and I'm thinking that a lot of the information that we see with human studies can be attributed to dogs because there are some similarities between humans and dogs. But, you know, although there are studies out there, they're not long-term studies. They're not thousands of dogs, all, you know, all the time. Usually it's, it's a short-term study, hundreds of dogs in a different part of the world and there are so many things that you can attribute it to it. But so I, you know, I don't have a problem with, you know, like my opinion of Animal Biome and the people behind Animal Biome hasn't shifted because they partner with companies that I'm not really a fan of. I guess I'm interested in learning more because like, here's something that would bother me, right? Like, does that mean that their fecal donor dogs now get free food from these companies and that's what they're being fed? Because I wouldn't want to give my dog poo from a Hills Diet dog, you know? And they do sell a raw option mm -hmm. also. And also, I just want to mention, and we can put a link in the show notes, that you can also always get poo from Dr. Margot Roman but your vet would have to get it rather than you getting it. But yeah. at least if you're working with your vet on something and you have concerns that there are other healthy poop options out there. But uh, yeah, if it's just that these companies are funding studies for them, I wouldn't have a problem with that. And we need 
money to fund you know, to learn things. Got to come from somewhere. And I actually expect it. I I should say for years I've been waiting for one of these big companies to come out with a raw. Not that I'm going to buy it, but I've been I've been I did not think that they would continue. You know, basically, raw is dangerous. I figured they would find some way to get that market share as well. And I figured they would all of a sudden start coming out with a, you know, quote unquote, safe raw. And well, that's kind of what people, people think that that's what fresh pet is. Yeah. It's not, but there are people who think that because it's in the refrigerator yeah. section. or whatever. Exactly. I know there was a kibble company that um, I can't remember the name of it, that they didn't put preservatives in their kibble. So it had to be put in the fridge. And they called themselves raw. And the owner of the company actually even emailed me to um, like educate me about their food, which like one of the first few ingredients, like top three was um, basically the crumbs from bread and donuts and things right. like that. And, and I, you know, that was a very quick conversation because once he realized that, you know, I was like, dude, I'm a raw feeder. And, and I just started saying, I would never feed this to my dog. And what about this? And da, 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 da. And explaining, this is what raw, this is how I envision raw. And this is what the raw community believes. This is what your food does. And it's like the complete opposite of what we believe in. So no, it is not raw. It's just doesn't have preservatives. So you have to put it in the fridge. But a lot of people do that. The reason why I found out about the food was because someone I knew sent it to me saying that they were going to start feeding their dogs raw and they were going to do this food. And it's like, that's not raw, <laughs> but okay. You, good for you. But you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder where it's going to go. Cause it can go many ways, but in my thought it was, it is, you know, getting the information out there and maybe, maybe it'll inspire these companies to make something that better promotes a healthy gut microbiome, or um, maybe they just have, it's a different segment of the company. I mean, these are humongous companies. So I'm sure that they do have a science and, you know, a research and development type of segment that is not directly connected to the food. And that's where they're pulling all the information for. I don't trust Mars candy bar company to put anything out that's going to be actually healthy for any type of being. <laughs> I know. And so, but I think mostly I'm just, I'm excited for the potential of animal biome being able to produce more accurate and um, thoughtful information to help us better understand, you know, the microbiome, at least, you know. Yeah, for their company, I'm sure that it's great, but I can understand how people who so go out of their way to make all of these super healthy decisions for their dog and are to the point where they're, you know, out in the yard picking up poop and mailing it across the country <laughs> to get information about reports and we're you know, giving our dogs these little poop pills and wrapping them in cheese. And, and it feels like betraying to see that, yeah. like, the enemy is now somehow involved. Uh, 
And I guess, you know, and maybe we can reach out to Dr. Holly and ask her to come on and, and say, hey, what's, what is all this? Because we want to be supportive of what's going on. But it's scary to all of the people who have been, you know, proselytizing and word of mouth about your your product to see this. Yeah, it is. It is it's I do think that um, there has been some a shakiness in the, of the trust in the company based on the comments that I've read, you know, where people are like, you know, I've lost respect, you know, and, and I expected that. I mean, anyone that's going to, if, if someone were to come, come out and say, Hey, you know, like once years ago, probably a handful of years ago, someone contacted me and asked me, what food do I recommend? And I asked, are you willing to feed kibble or freeze dried or anything. They weren't willing to do any of that. They just wanted to, I said kibble, raw or freeze dried. They wanted to stick with kibble. Their dog had um, heart disease. And I don't know if you can hear my cat. He's just, I like, can. He's, he's, he's harassing the dogs and that's his new thing now. But yeah, so she said, no, she wanted to feed kibble because her dog had heart disease. And this was like when the DCM stuff had died down. I just remembered like, well, everyone seems to be a big fan of Purina Pro plan. And so run that by your vet and see if that works. She contacted me a few weeks later and her dog was able to reduce the amount of medication that um, they were giving him and was doing a lot better. And so that's what they were feeding their dogs. Now, if I were to just start going around saying, hey, you know, I'm going to start recommending Purina Pro Plan, tons of people would be like, okay, yeah, I don't know what happened to Kimberly, but she's apparently high and I no longer follow her (laughs) because I'm pro-raw. So I completely understand the feeling of kind of just, you know, questioning the motives and, you know, what's going on. But I also, since I just, I don't know I don't know the behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, that's why I guess I'm surprised. I mean, unless other people have more information than than what I've seen and than what I do, I don't understand how at this point you could have enough information to be like, oh, I've lost respect for them. Yeah. Because we don't, I don't know anyway mm-hmm. what that involvement means. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, they're still a company. They want, they need to make money. They need to expand if they want to be able to do more things. I mean. Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, like how much those tests, like with Innovative Pet Labs, which is not the same as Animal Biome, but they're similar. um, When they first came out, their tests were insanely expensive. I mean, and granted, for what they do and, you know, the science and the labs and stuff, it was in line because, you know, they're trying to recover their cost and, and make a profit. And they had to do some some stuff to get the price down to a point where people would be willing to spend the money on it. You know, spending several hundred dollars on a test when you're not really sure what you're going to get back and if it's even going to be useful and also kind of like the fear which is a fear of mine with a lot of these testing companies is, are you just going to give me results that say, use this supplement? Right. That I make. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know. Good, good, you know, lucky you, we have the supplement just that your dog needs. You know, that's, you know, a concern that I've always had. And one thing I appreciated about Animal Biome is that I never felt pressured, like, if you don't use these supplements, your dog is toast. I never, I, it was an option, 
but it wasn't something that I had to do. And they would be willing to talk to me about other supplements that I wanted to use if I didn't want to go with theirs. Um, I also worked with a holistic veterinarian, so I trusted her. And just she told me what she wanted me to do after she looked at the reports. And that's the path that we went on. And I, I just appreciated that they did have a good relationship with holistic veterinarians in the area. And so I'm not willing to to, you know, be like, eh, no, I'm not going to deal with them anymore. Royal Canaan. But it'll be interesting to see, because I think that now that this is out there, um, not that necessarily that they were hiding it, but um, since it's out there and people are talking about it, it'll be interesting to see if they address it and what it all means. Because as I already said, I have no idea what it is to run a company like that. And I don't know the different arms of these other companies. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that's that's how I feel too. I just I would need more information to make any kind of decision. And and I don't want to see the company be getting bashed online by people who don't have enough information yet. And I I know and it's like and I will admit I have been guilty of doing that in the past, you know, when you're new to I shouldn't say you, me. When I was new to raw feeding, I mean, you get so passionate about it. And in your you're in this, you know, bubble and it's so easy to forget that not everything is black and white. And so um I have learned to try and take a step back and look at things from various sides and and still not really make a solid decision. Most of the time when I do that, I'm just sort of like, well, hopefully it works out. You know, hopefully it'll be fine. I'm I don't plan like I would not take my business away from a company unless I had evidence that they were no longer in line with what I was trying to do with my dogs. Like similar to like what you said about the poop pills. Like if they stopped offering the raw poop pills, then I just wouldn't buy their poop pills anymore because right. I'd question who's, what, what are the dogs eating that, you know, and what are we doing here? But um, luckily there's alternatives. There's adored beast phytoflora. And, and like you said, there's, you know, Dr. Roman who offers poop transplants and from, isn't it from her own dogs? Yeah. You can do pills from her. You can do pellets. You can get all kinds of, you can get poop in any kind of form <laughs> you could possibly imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, so there's, there is, is it's not the end of the world folks. So I had meant to bring this up a couple weeks ago, Angela Ardolino's podcast, Your Natural Dog. She had Dr. Margaret Roman on as a guest recently, and everybody should just go listen to that episode because it was just fascinating. I love talking about ozone. They talk so much about the poop. 
you know, I just, uh, it, it was such a great conversation. So I'll make sure I have a link in the show notes for everyone. Everyone has to listen to that episode. Yeah, that'll be so it's, that's another thing about, you know, now that Rodrigo is no longer with this, like, you know, I don't have Sydney, I don't have Rigo, I don't have Scout. Sydney was always healthy, but Scout, you know, I was diving into cancer, cancer, cancer with Rodrigo. It was more about, you know, gut health and longevity. Um, it's strange to me not to have a motivation <laughs> to research something. I mean, I still am doing research and learning things, but I just feel kind of um, adrift yeah. where I feel out of the, out of the loop. And okay. So I have something. Okay. I get a lot of questions from people who want to know if I'm going to start offering consultations. And in fact, I got an email today from someone who's starting raw and they want me to basically consult them through the process <laughs> to, you know, and I don't mind telling people like, you know, if you want to start raw, I tell them what I would do. If I was brand new to raw today, if it's within the budget, I would start with commercial raw because it's just easier. And, and it's basically what I did with my dog. Start with commercial raw, take the time to educate myself about what my dogs need, find the resources in my area, if there's a raw food co-op, whatever the case may be. And if I wanted to go DIY, look into what I needed to do to, to make that happen. Do I need an extra freezer? Do I need a meat grinder? Do I need to set up an area like of the garage or something for a meal prep area? And now Bella's drinking water. So yes, and, and Apollo's here. But um, that, that's basically what I do. And that's usually what I tell everyone. Now that I have taken the course through the Feed Real Institute, people want to know, am I going to just officially start offering consultation services? And my answer is no, 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 no. And that will never change. And the reason why is because I do believe that nutrition and health go hand in hand. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who has a background in human medicine, you know, decades of, and she's not a doctor or a nurse or anything. She just worked in the medical field for decades. And one thing that she can do is you can be talking to her about your dog. And again, she's not a veterinarian or anything like that, but she just has, she knows that's just how her mind thinks where you'll be mentioning something like a symptom that your dog has. And she'll be able to connect the dots and be like, oh, well, no, 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 no. Like if your dog is coughing and congested, for me, it's just like, oh, is it allergies? Or does your dog have a cold? And where she's going to be like, okay, that's heart. a heart condition. Yeah. And she's going to, she, and so I'll take someone down a path that <laughs> is incorrect, whereas she can narrow in. And it's not that she, she doesn't offer consultation services, but knowing her, has shown me that, wow, she really knows her stuff and she's quick on it. And I completely do not, nor do I plan on learning it. I mean, I enjoy learning things over time, but I'm not going to go out of my way to gain that knowledge and experience. So I feel like if I were to offer consultation services, I could potentially do more harm than good if I gave someone really bad information based on you know my lack of knowledge. Some people who, who offer those services have done, you know, they're not just doing the, you know, a feed rule course. They've done a lot of other, you know, education also. You know, before we started recording, we spoke about this person and I just want to um, give her a shout out. Uh, Dolce's legacy. And we both follow Bronwyn 
And I love Bronwyn's name because I think it's the Real Housewives of Orange County had a housewife that was named Bronwyn, I think. (laughs) I think. (laughs) So I'm looking at her website and this is what she has. And so this is why there's, to me, a difference between what she does, what she does give people consultations. And she, it's like really fascinating following her. But she went to the Academy of Natural Health Sciences and acquired 500 hours in nutrition for feline and canine health, 100 hours in herbalisms, 100 hours in homeopathy. She has four-year bachelor's of science for animal health. I mean, she is knowledgeable. So she not only has the experience, but she has the education behind that. Right. While the Feed Real course was stupendous, and I really enjoy taking it. I learned so much from it. And what I'm learning or what I learned has helped to, in my opinion, to add more depth to my website. And that's the reason why I took it. I do not think it has prepared me to offer consultation services. I think that someone else who has a medical background or plans to, um, you know, like a veterinarian or even a human doctor or nurse, Uh, or someone who plans on becoming a a vet tech or is a vet tech, but someone who is in that world, I think they would be in a really good position to offer consultation services. I'm an accountant. So (laughs) that's, that's all I got. (laughs) And so I, and I would be worried about, uh, I, I have this fear of, and I don't know how legit it is, but the idea of practicing medicine without a license and how, like, how does my state look at something like this? You know, and I've looked into it to find out, could I get, could I be insured for what I'm doing? And it's too new of a industry. And so I, you know, I spoke with the insurance company that specializes in insurance for the pet industry And he was just like, yeah, it wouldn't fall under anything. I mean, they like have insurance for dog walkers and pet sitters and, you know, but nothing for canine nutritionists. So, and I don't know if it wouldn't have to be malpractice insurance, if it would would just fall under my homeowner's insurance. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot to consider before entering into that as a business venture. Yeah. And I never even thought of it, but someone, um, when I was taking the course, I think after I passed the course, I did an announcement and someone, I think her name is Jeanette or Jean, but I think it's Jeanette, had left a really just compelling comment. And it was just simply, do any of you guys have insurance? Are you protected? If something goes wrong, if you give someone bad advice, are you protected? And I was just like, good question. I mean, I'm not worried about it because I don't plan on giving anyone advice, but that's such an important question. And so I'm still, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I, I suspect that the industry will change. I think that like the Feed Real Institute, as they expand, you know, they plan on creating a directory so people can connect the network with each other. You can find a nutritionist. But I also think that, you know, maybe they will be able to put out the resources where it's like, this is how to get, become, in, you know, get a business license or become incorporated or whatever the case may be. I think that that's something that they could probably help people. If for people who are interested. And if you're a Feed Real wellness member, you can have a consultation with their staff nutritionist, I think once a month. Yes, a free one once a month. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I just, oh, I don't mind help. I don't mind the, the abstract. I just am too afraid of doing specific. And I know tons of people who, who just help people out. And I'm, I think it's awesome. So Dolce's Legacy and Scott J. Marshall of Raw Feeding 101. Just those are, the, you know, those are the people. I mean, <laughs> Destiny White was going to start offering services, but she changed her mind, which is a bummer because she is talented and super intelligent. But um, if anyone's looking for someone, Dolce's and Scott J. Marshall. I'll have links in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> So we had a, a new raw feeding experiment with Nino and it was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> Nino does not like raw chicken feet. Oh, what did he do to him? Well, I had it mixed in the bowl with his other food. So first he pulled it out of the bowl and threw it on the floor and <laughs> ate everything else in the bowl. And then he spent a good like five or 10 minutes afterwards, like, do I want this? I don't know. Do I want this? I don't know. <laughs> and so Tim was sitting outside while all this was going on. And so I had to put on a rubber glove to touch it. And I took the foot outside and I like acted like I was like playing with him and like, you know, trying to get him to like chase it. And I thought he'd like, you know, and he's kind of like all excited and he would like put it in his mouth and he'd kind of chomp on it. And then he'd just be like, Pleh. nope, no, thank you. <laughs> And this went on for about half an hour of like me trying to get him to eat it and him just kind of being like, yeah, no. And I would like throw it or like hide it, and, you know, and he would go running over and then be like, still, no. <laughs> uh, so not a fan. I, I He's eaten them before when they were the um, air dried ones yeah. from Real Dog Box. But this was like actually kind of like a raw one that had just been mm -hmm. defrosted. Not a fan. Yeah. yeah no. Because I remember when I first started feeding whole fish, I bought a 50 pound box of sardines. I was so disappointed in myself because I'm actually working on a blog post. I'm updating a blog post about five mistakes I made as a raw feeder. And one <laughs> of them was like seeing something like, oh, I bet you my dogs would love this. Everyone else's dog loves it. And instead of just like buying five to see, I would buy a 50 pound case. <laughs> and so I gave my dog a sardine, thought it out, gave it to him. And he was just like, yeah, I don't know what you want me to do with it. All of them were just looking at me like, yeah. And so I went to the store and bought, um, like, is it pairing? Or, or I don't know. I don't know fish terms. So forgive me, everyone. But I bought the tools to descale the fish and to get the insides out. To, and clean the fish, which although real fresh sardines are huge, doing all of that is so much work, but I did it. And then, cause they still wouldn't eat it. I sauteed them <laughs> to warm them up. And then my dogs ate them. <laughs> and I was looking at a 50 pound box of sardines thinking I am not doing this. So <laughs> I separated them out into individual freezer bags and put them for sale in the raw food co-op and sold all of them. The next time um, a friend of mine, Noelle, asked me, hey, would you like to go in on a box? And I was like, okay. And we thought, what if we ground them? They'll eat them. And so it's like, we'll have some of them whole and some of them ground. That way 
you know, and so I set up tables outside and she came over and I had, it was my old grinder. And actually after I did this, my old grinder died, but um, I ground it all up. And while I was doing that, um, Rodrigo came over because he was curious and I just gave him a whole fish thinking he was just going to spit it out. But he took it, went over to the yard and laid down and he ate it. And I was just like, well, there you go. And so from there, I started feeding him whole sardines. So long story short, try it again in a few months. Yeah, I had like a whole big bag of them and they were all frozen together. So I had them sitting in the fridge for like a day or two so that they would at least like defrost enough so I could like bag them up, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so this was like the first one I gave and he was. Blech. So and if you end up like, not doing it, you can also make bone broth out of them. That I was like, I guess we can yeah, try the bone broth thing or. I, Tim has like a dehydrator, but he was like, you're not going to funk up my dehydrator. <laughs> Tim was very grossed out by the whole thing. He makes me deal with anything <laughs> like this. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was going to go in. I was thinking about getting sardines again. I just don't have the freezer space for them. I wish that they would sell like a 25 pound box of sardines, but I just, I can't because it's just, it is, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of fish. So I still have packages and packages of, of squid. And after my first dehydrating session of squid, I still need to go through and dehydrate <laughs> the rest of that squid. And I just, I just can't because it takes forever to clean the dehydrator out. And yeah. so I'm kind of tempted. I have a, I have two dehydrators. So I'm kind of tempted to take my smaller one and use that one as the squid dehydrator. And it's old now, so I can just like thaw out and just finish off the rest of the squid. And then if I if it's just toast, I'll just toss it. And um, but I just oh, it smells so so bad. <laughs> that was why Tim didn't want me putting chicken feet on his dehydrator because <laughs> it's such a pain to clean. <laughs> I use parchment paper. Oh, okay. Yeah, that helps a lot. Parchment paper. That way you just pull up the paper. And yeah. I mean, but if it's something smelly, the smelliness still is going to be in there. <laughs> and I haven't figured out how to, I mean, it took me weeks to get my, my um, dehydrator clean from the squid smell. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I will and never my, be buying squid. Yeah. So by weeks, I mean, yeah, it took weeks. It took about, about four, maybe even five weeks. Before it it stops smelling like squid and yeah, but there you go. So I saw your your Barbie meme that your freezer is full. <laughs> yes, I mean I'm so proud of it. It's um, you know, another downside to losing a dog is you feed less. So I'm feeding one less meal, and I'll also I still have a case of Farmer's Dog because I had just bought one right before. He passed, but I'm feeding one less meal to to dogs. And so I have a freezer full of food. Um, the other thing is that all of my dogs kind of ate based on Rodrigo's diet. And now they can eat anything because none of my dogs have food sensitivities. It was always Rodrigo. So that's kind of um, something that uh, I'm... I'm I'm hesitant to buy anything because I'm just terrified that again, I'll buy a 50 pound case of something. And then it'll turn out that, Oh, Bella can't eat this. 
So I think I'm going to still continue with the, um, the sources that I have because I just haven't had any issues with it. No need to rock the boat. We're good to go and stick with that. So, but yeah, it's nice. I'm, I actually did, I missed out on a really cool deal because a friend of mine had a beef and he was grass fed beef and he was selling it for a buck a pound. Wow. Yeah. My friend was like, I tagged you. And I'm like, I didn't see any tags. I don't, what are you talking about? And then I was just kind of like, maybe there was a misunderstanding because he has my phone number and he would have just, and he knows I feed raw and he would have just texted me and said, Kimberly, do you want this? And I would have been like, yes, I do. Here's all my money (laughs) um, and taking it. But he, he did get me a ton of beef organs and I'm going to be getting more beef organs. I think in the next couple months or some, so I'm, I'm fine. My freezer's full. I'm just, it's so hard because if someone, if someone offers you something, it's so hard to say no, because I'm always worried about like, what, if, what if I lose all my sources or what if, what if this happens? What if I forget to, to order something and I have to wait? Cause some of our orders through the co-op of the things that I order, it's not a monthly order. It's like every three months. And um, so it's like, there's one thing that I, I ordered a case of guinea hen and a case of duck. And I brought that home and made raw meals out of that. But I won't be able to get those for another few months. And I'm just sitting here like, even though I haven't even touched that food yet, it's like that food is in not ready to be added to the rotation yet. I'm still like anxious about the fact that what if? What if I'm never able to get duck again? Because I lost my quail source. Yeah. So that's, you know, raw feeder problems. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say Nino has been eating goat for the first time. Wow. Where did you get it? Are you getting it from? So one of our listeners had given me a bunch of food that didn't work out for her dog. And goat was one of the proteins. And so he's been eating that for like the last week or two. And he likes it? Yeah, he didn't have a problem with that, but it is ground, so, you know, it looks like his other food. Like, you know, I'm kind of weird about food textures, and so Tim was like, you put this weird rubbery foot in the middle of his food? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would love to feed goat. I mean, I I, um, plan on ordering, I ordered some lamb, not meat, but organs for the winter, because it's a hot protein. So I ordered that and that's coming. Or I don't know if it's coming soon. The bill is coming due soon <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but um, I ordered some lamb organs, but oh, I would love to get some goat. I think the last time I had goat was from BJ's Raw. They were kind enough to send me some. But um, I know that I think Raw Paw's pet food has goat, but you know it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me to order it. So yeah, there's a couple of brands out there that do it. I, I don't know that I would ever go seeking it out, but mm-hmm. you know, since I had it, I was like, Hey, let's see what happens. It's always fun just to find another protein. I think that's another mistake that I made is just constantly searching for new proteins to feed my dog or dogs. And when it's just not necessary, I mean, it's fun but it's just not necessary. I mean, it's okay if, you know, it's like your situation. If someone gives it to me, then yay. But, um, you know, there's no need for me to feed kangaroo. <laughs> I'm, my dogs will be fine. So, you know, it is what it is. Oh, so 
my article. I wrote an article, but I heard from my co-op the other day because someone sent them an email about um, the dangers of feeding raw fish to dogs. And I didn't read their entire email, but you know they included a lot of links to support what they were saying, including one of my blog posts, which <laughs> on one hand was like, oh my God, yay, I'm like a resource. But on the flip side, I don't know if they read it and didn't understand it or if they just read the title and figured this will support me because it doesn't. And I, you know, I think it's interesting because I got some feedback today that said that the title of my article makes it seem like no one should feed fish to their dogs because it's titled how feeding fish can lead to, may lead to a vitamin B deficiency in dogs. And I, I can understand that if someone chooses to just do their research based on reading titles, then yeah, it, it can be misleading. But hopefully it's like, that's an interesting title. Let me read more. And thankfully at the top of the article, I do state this is a situation. But one thing that was interesting when I was writing that article, and it's been around for a bit, I wrote it this earlier this year. But anyway, when I first tested my dogs, nutrient tested my dogs, they all came back with a B1 deficiency or a vitamin B deficiency. And I wonder now if it's because I used to mix the fish into the grind sometimes because, and then, you know, I store it in the freezer. And so something could be in the freezer from anywhere from one month to three months, depending upon how much food I have. But I did that to save time. And one really big thing that I would do was thaw the um, answers for minted fish stock and just pour it into my grinds and then freeze it. And I believe oh. that that, I know it's made with, I thought it was fermented sardines and cod livers, but maybe it's just cod liver. I can't remember. But yeah, I wonder if I inadvertently caused a vitamin B deficiency because I didn't know about thiaminase. Hmm. So. Anyway. And that was, I think you learned that from the real dog course, right? Yeah, I did. I well, I learned it from there and also from the, the first course, not the second one. The second one mentions it too, but the first course mentioned it. And at the time that I was taking that, I also remember I had that heartbeat community. Mm -hmm. Someone brought it up there too. And that was like, just, I, I love those type of little factoids where you're like, what? <laughs> What's thiaminase? And so I just wanted to bring that up quickly just to say it is perfectly fine to feed fish to your dogs. If you don't want to feed it raw, you can cook it because there are some fish that I will not feed raw to my dogs. But the issue is storing it together. So when you're doing meal prep and you're mixing everything, and I don't mean those meal prep dishes with the separate containers. I mean, you're mixing it all into one bowl together in the freezer. Um, like keeping a large bunch of it to like thaw yeah. as you go. Exactly. So it's the fish and the meat and everything's all together. If it's a fish that has the enzyme thiaminase, storing that for an extended period of time can deplete the vitamin B1, the thiamine in the meat. So you just store them separately. But when you feed them, you can add it to the bowl with no issues. So an example is sardines. I do not mix sardines into my grinds. Instead, when I'm feeding my dogs, I just add the sardines onto the plate with the other food. But oysters, which doesn't have thiaminase, I do mix in with the grinds. So, and it's just, that's all. 
But I think that, you know, I think with most things when it comes to raw feeding, there's so, it's so much information that I can understand why things become a bit complicated or twisted around. So there you, that's all. <laughs> so any TV recently? Um, I don't even think so. I, I, I feel like I was doing a lot of podcast editing over the weekend and their TV <laughs> watching and a book reading. I was also reading books. Well, season five of Glow Up is now available on Netflix. So I'm watching that. What's and it's, that? A, it's a makeup competition show. Oh, okay. And each season gets better and better. This season is so good. And the reason why I love it, the main reason why I love it, despite, you know, I love makeup. And I have so much makeup. It's like I am. I used to be on first name basis with people at Ulta. Um, <laughs> I stopped shopping at Ulta during the pandemic because it wasn't fun anymore. Because we had to wear a mask, <laughs> and I quit wearing makeup so much because you know I'm wasting it. <laughs> Ulta and Sephora. Like I honestly don't think I've ever been in either one of them, <laughs> and they cause me so much anxiety. And it's like, it's br- like I've walked by them and there's just like, there's a lot going on in there and it's very bright and it's like sensory overload. And I'm oh always just like, I'm not that girl. I, I love it so much. I, I have so much fun putting on makeup, but they take it to like the nth degree because they're professionals and they're these young people who just love makeup and the things that they can do. It's not just, you know, eyeshadow and stuff like they do a whole Thing. You can look like a whole different person. Yes. And they'll put on prosthetics and they'll, I mean, you're looking at this, like, it is so fascinating and creative and, and I just love it. Like they'll tell, you know, they'll, they'll be like, you, we need to tell us a story about blank and they'll do it with makeup on a model. It's, it, all of it is just, all of it is just fascinating. So, but what I love most about the show is that there's no, um, animosity. Like they don't pit the, the contestants against each other they're constantly supporting each other loving each other hugging each other you know sometimes if there's like a group thing their styles might not gel well but they're still so very like you know hey we're in this together and this is you know and I, I just love that and so yeah I get it I sometimes I get Johan to watch an episode with me and, and he even he's just sort of like wow I mean it's just really kind of cool so there's that and I watched, um, I, I've been watching the Justice League recently <laughs> from the childhood days, even though these probably weren't from my childhood, because I feel like my childhood, it looked differently, but I'm really into it. Is it's it like cartoon. a cartoon? Yeah, oh, just okay. cartoons on Netflix. I've just been watching, I've been watching them at night. <laughs> just sit there. That's very low brow type of easy, <laughs> easiness that I'm doing. And I'm trying to get through a movie. There's a movie on, or is it a series? I think it's on Hulu. And I have no idea what it's called because I can't remember. But it's about the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Mm. And I had to stop because they, they're bringing back actual actresses that were impacted. And, um, and I know this because I had to stop after Ashley Judd they had her on and she told her story and it wasn't in, in grave detail, but she's told her story and it was so powerful and so just upsetting to me that I was like, okay, I need to give this a break. And I'm at the very beginning. And so oh. I want to go back and finish that because it's just, 
I mean, I, I now, after all of that happened, I think about all these actresses that I loved that just vanished. And I just assume that, oh, well, maybe they just acting wasn't for them or they decided to go back to school or they decided to have a family. And, but this is what happened to them. I feel like I want to watch that. So. Well, you know, my husband was actually on this whole rabbit hole of following the Danny Masterson trial. The guy from that seventies show that was just sentenced to 30 years. Did he really do that? That's what it sounds like. There's numerous women and he was involved in Scientology. And I guess the women were all from, within the church of Scientology and like they went to like the elders of the church and they, uh, Oh, that whole, Oh, that whole thing is so, I don't know. That's, that's, that's not my jam. (laughs) um, I've been, I wanted to look at that, but it's just, okay. So it's not that I don't believe victims. I do believe victims. What I do is I get attached to characters (laughs) and I'm just sort of like, but what is it? Was it Kelso? He was Hyde. How, was it Hyde? Was Kelso? Um, the yeah, Kelso one? was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're so good. Because Mila, Mila Kunis, Mila Kunis and, and Ashton, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, I just watched a movie. It's an old movie with him and Catherine Heigl, and it was kind of cute. It wasn't great, but it was really cute. And so it was, I think it was on Netflix too, but it, but yeah, that makes me sad because it's just like, I, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a power dynamic and, and that's what's going on, but it's, it just makes me sad that people, I mean, damn, if I found out that like Patrick Dempsey or Robert Downey Jr., you know, like these actors that I, I enjoy and grew up with were these monsters. I just, I can't, I just, it just drives me bonkers that there's this world where these things happen. And while I'm grateful that people are being held accountable, I think the thing that makes me so sad is, is the, um, the questioning of it, you know, cause I have seen like YouTube video. That's why I haven't really gotten into it. Cause I've seen YouTube videos of, like where the title is that he was convicted with no real evidence or that, you know, did he really, is he really guilty? Like people are still questioning it. And it's just sort of like, I just, it's too much, but HBO max has a series that I couldn't finish because it is so dark. It will make your eyeballs melt out of your face. Like Indiana Jones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's like so dramatic. I love that. Army Hammer, I think his name is. Arn, 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 oh, you know who I'm yeah. talking about? Yes. Actor. And a, his family. And apparently he is dark. And his family is dark. And I was watching it. And I just couldn't, I couldn't watch it anymore. Because it was, it's truly like, it's, you know, I don't know if you call it a documentary or docuseries. But it was like a horror for me. I couldn't watch it. It was too much. So I didn't know like, there was a show, but I remember reading about some of that. Yeah, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was about. So ooh, another th- show I want to mention um, okay. is going back probably five or six years ago, there was a series called The Arrangement. And people wondered and speculated if it was about 
like Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise because oh. it was basically like this big star um, actor and he was involved in a weird cult-like church. It wasn't called Scientology in the show, but you know, that's the inferences that you get. And he's kind of like scouting out a woman that's going to like be his like girlfriend or wife and like they have to put on this perfect image and then but it's like super dark behind the scenes and mm-hmm. you know it was so anyway that one I remember I watched the first season I think there was a second season and I don't think I ever saw the second season but I remember the first season I was just like yeah two seasons. <laughs> been two um, seasons. but yeah Tim and I are planning our next binge so we have never watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia and we always intended to, and then somehow there's like all these seasons and we never got around to it. So <laughs> we've been looking for something new to binge. I think we've, we realized we never finished Lucifer. And so we had to finish that. And then we're going to start Always Sunny in Philadelphia whenever yeah. we don't have something else to watch. I don't, I don't remember how I know. Oh, I stopped watching Lucifer. I stopped watching it. And I think in the last season I was the start, I was watching it, but then I was, it just went in a direction that I was just like, eh. yeah, I think that's what happened to us. But we were like, we watched the whole thing. We, we yeah, gotta finish like, it. I really should get back into it and just, you know, wrap it up. I mean, but um, Lucifer is such a good show. Such, I mean, so entertaining, especially the first season. I just thought yeah. it was so entertaining. Um, I thought it was, I just, I loved his character. He was so, he was perfect for that. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder where he is now. Like, I started watching um, True Blood again. Oh, that's a good um, one. And, and, and I wonder if some of these characters become so iconic that they just can't really be cast in anything. Because I actually, he was in a, before Lucifer, he was in a different show um, that I somehow came across where it was only one season, I think. And then it got canceled. And I honestly don't know I feel like he was a doctor and he did house calls and you know he was kind of shady um but he was he's just like a fun character to watch I I just I love it when they brought in his twin brother on Lucifer and there's one episode where um I can't remember the name of the band but they play the song you know Believer Oh, Imagine Dragons? Yes. And so they're standing there, but they keep stopping the song because they keep saying stuff. And I don't know why, but it's just, it was funny. Just little things like that are funny. I love the dynamics of all the people. I love it when when God comes down and yeah. like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm retiring. Yeah. Um, just, I just thought it was, you know, a clever show i love the fact that they have a consultant just randomly and the police people are perfectly okay with this i know it's like so unrealistic but like it was it just embraced it i just i really got a kick out of it i'm i think i'm gonna watch that again but i mean it's a really good show um i don't know if i told you but i ended up buying fringe oh did you yeah the entire series i found it on a really good deal nice and so i, I got it from like a bookstore on the east coast nice <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. Talk to you later. Bye.